0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America. One, in, Bob, we've got to maybe do this again. I'm getting really bad uh, fuzzy feedback. All right, well, let me call you. That won't work because it won't. It just stopped. What did you do? Nothing. That's weird. Okay, well, we'll just assume it's going to stay gone, and I'll just start it over here. We'll do it 30 seconds. That's not a bad leader. Okay, three, two, one. Hey, everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, we have a lot of unenslaving to do. We, share you, we encourage you to share this format. Uh, it's digital, and share it with people that need to hear it. One-third of the people out there in a poll said they want to impeach Biden, for, and they're from the Democratic Party. Uh, it's sixty percent of Republicans want to do that, but uh, we just need to keep updating them on how, if they keep mindlessly following this political party, they're gonna they'll be in poverty. Uh, and it could be a whole lot worse than just poverty. So make sure that you're sharing and we need to keep uh, uh, bringing awareness to the fact because this election, a lot of people are categorizing it as do or die for the Constitution for America. If we don't get rid of this ruling party that's in charge, we may never get rid of them because they'll consolidate their power. And we have today here to talk to us about all things economic is Robert Kudla of Trade Genius and uh, he, he has rattled some cages in the past and uh, we're going to talk about uh, ukraine china but mostly how it all comes to roost at home economically for america and what it means to you and that's the bottom line you tune into the show in part i think to stay informed but also you want to be able to stay one step ahead of the burning bridge and that's what we're going to try to do for you here today bob welcome to the show
1: yeah thanks for having me dave
0: well, you know, we could start our discussion at any point here, because this is like the continuous movie that never ends, and and it just goes in loops and just keeps repeating, but I would say, to me, the biggest event that's happened in the last two days is the firing of very powerful missiles, and there's a debate whether the missiles came from countries bordering Ukraine, so the, those batteries couldn't be touched. Or did those missiles come from inside of Ukraine, but regardless it forced a withdrawal a strategic withdrawal from the Russians and Putin has uh, made noises like he might want to declare war on NATO in the next couple of days. Have you heard about this?
1: Well, I didn't hear about Putin and NATO but um, and bef- before anybody gets too excited about the Russians big retreat and then in the Kharkiv area is that Putin has done this before. He pulled out of the north to pull south his, uh, his troops into the south to uh, take the Donetsk and the Luhansk, which he did. He pulled out of Kharkiv uh, because it's really not the land that he always wanted, and now he's consolidating forces. And then what he did was the old Soviet strategy as he left, he destroyed all the infrastructure uh, in that area, water and power, and he's going to he's going to foment a humanitarian crisis in uh, in the Ukraine. He You know, basically, his view is you guys want to put money in Ukraine. I'm going to make you put it into refugees and, and uh, power systems. And Russia still owns those two provinces. They have Crimea, Donetsk and Luhansk. That's what he always wanted. And now he could just pump cruise missiles into Ukraine at will. He got a stalemate. And um, Europe is going into a, a into a situation where they don't have enough natural gas. Okay. So um, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but I was watching Twitter, and I was just rolling my eyes and said, until you push Putin out of Donetsk and Luhansk, um, then I don't want to hear anything about you winning anything. Um, and he's been consolidating his whole time in that area. So uh that's what he always wanted. He got what he wants. So – um, you know, what that means from an economic standpoint is that he can, uh, he can now, um, basically blow up the port infrastructure in Odessa and keep the Ukrainians from exporting wheat. Okay. Um, he still has a stranglehold on platinum, palladium, fertilizer, natural gas, platinum. Um, shall I continue? Wheat, yeah, I corn, soybeans. So, so, um, Yeah, so if people think this is ending, it's not. And and Europe doesn't have enough natural gas. So that, that, but that's the bad news. The good news is that I know everybody thinks the WEF is all power, all seeing eye. You know, it's Sauron. But Sweden just went hard right on their election. I mean, what, this is a party 10 years ago they accused of being the second coming of, of Hitler. And now they have the second most people in parliament and they're forming a coalition with the moderates to go right. And so the socialists are losing power. Socialists have lost Boris Yeltsin, the WEF. He is an overt WEF guy. You know now they have the girl in there. We can call her WEF, whatever, but she's doing all the things I'd want her to do as prime minister. Okay, so England is actually swinging right, and I guarantee you, immigration and energy are going to drive everything in Europe. So Sweden, immigration, energy—the two biggest things. England, immigration and energy—two biggest things. And and guess what? the United States has right immigration and energy, and so. I'm expecting the wave to continue. and uh, when you have immigration, you also have basically lawlessness in the, in the cities, and that's the same with the US. So all these things are all these things are going to swing. And so uh, I, I expect the wave to continue. I expect the world to turn right and, and, um, and so the battle lines are drawn against the, uh, the progressive socialists now. The people have had enough. Do you think that uh, Sweden is a bellwether for the rest of the world? Absolutely. country has been progressive since World War II. I think it's, uh, you know, I could see if they went center-right like Germany does, but they didn't go center-right like Germany. They went hard-right. You know, it's, look, it's an existential problem for Sweden. One-third of the births there are foreign-born. You'll lose Sweden, you know, so for Swedes so i just think that you're gonna you're gonna probably see i think all over europe you're gonna see palestine all over europe and that i mean that those enclaves are going to be surrounded and and isolated okay and um you know they said there's 61 areas in sweden where the police don't go it's just become intolerable for the swedes and so and just multiply that wherever the wef has been right Look at San Francisco. They got rid of that DA. That lady's saying, you know, um, I'm going to institutionalize people that are homeless, that are on drugs. She goes, we're not loving them by leaving them on the street. So so I'm very, unfortunately, we're going to have to go through some hell. But these are the right kind of conversations that we need to have as a country.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, the San Francisco thing, I think, is a portent of things to come for major cities because we're already seeing it. But don't you find it humorous? That uh, Abbott sends eleven thousand uh, illegal immigrants to Washington D.C. and they declare a state of emergency and say you're turning us into a border town.
1: Well, the left the left operates on emotional um, diatribes, so um, you know they're very emotive and they think when you scream you get you get results and they haven't been wrong. But I think it's pretty much on deaf ears right now. Yeah. Well. I'm not
0: counting my chickens until they're hatched and and but here here's the concern I have too politically going into this election uh Mitch McConnell is a consummate rhino, and he's a traitor to this country. He does so much economic business with China, and it affects what he does in the Senate. And he has pulled the funding for eight Republican senatorial races. He's leaked information. He's been called out by this by Ron Scott. Uh, He leaked information about these candidates to The New York Times and Washington Post, and then he ended up speaking out publicly and says, we just don't have good candidates. He's setting these people up to lose. Like, Herschel Walker had to pull his TV ads. Blake Masters had to pull his TV ads. I mean, it's the rhino factor, Bob, is what I'm saying. The rhino factor is becoming huge.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm less pessimistic on this than most. Um, You know, Tim Scott's going to win his race. Blake Masters is going to win his race. Herschel Walker's already took the lead over Warnock. And Mitch McConnell just pumped millions into Dr. Oz's campaign in Pennsylvania. So um i I think all those guys are winners in this industry. This race. any race that you guys see polling that's showing that it's uh too close to call they're all republican wins and so and the race will probably go Republican too. so I don't know about Pennsylvania, but that guy may implode by then. He finally took his hoodie off, and I don't know what the heck's growing out of the back of his head, but uh, he obviously is not well. No, probably it's probably a not. tumor of some sort, yeah you know um. So we'll just see, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I don't know, you know, um, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the uh, everything to benefit of doubt till the election, but I'm pretty sure the house is now going to go red and, and it uh, doesn't really matter what Mitch McConnell wants because the house is going to drive uh, all the spending bills. And so I think you'll see uh, a lot of defunding in areas that were funded. I'm not going to get in all the details, um, but a lot of those things that were funded are going to be defunded and, and you're going to see a lot of, um, oversight meetings, if you will. Yeah, and, I, I uh,
0: agree. I, and, and you know, what's interesting too, and talk about oversight, oversight for the public did, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but in a poll taken 66% of West Virginians want Joe Manchin gone now after what he did.
1: Yeah, I mean any he, anything he, he screwed up too. I think he's not even going to get what he wants actually. So, no. But but here's the interesting thing. You know, there's a budget coming up that they can't use um they can't use reconciliation for. And so, you know, the the Senate has leverage. the Senate has leverage right now. So, it's um they they can they can force some different things happening here. So, we'll just see uh We'll see where this goes. But all this really ties into, you know, I'm a big believer in the fourth turning. You know, people, I'm sure people, you've talked about that in the past. Yes. And and so, and I'm also, you know, and I, I'm service marking this because I've been calling this thing out for like 10 years. Things don't matter to people till they matter to people. Uh-huh. And so, you know, people, you could talk to people till they're blue in the face about things that you and I may feel very passionate about. But people just people don't like to be bothered. You know, I've been in sales my whole career and you can't get somebody off even keel unless an event moves them off of even keel. And I think in the last two years, we've moved the vast majority of the population off of even keel. And so people are ripe for a change and they don't like the direction things are going. And so, you know, that's why I think and plus we've really run out of money so really you know now when they spend money it causes inflation so people can see now that there's no um uh there's no you know easy answer how to throw 50 billion dollars at this well then oil goes up six dollars see so you know food is up double digits so they they're in a situation now where they it's taken from the left hand into the right hand left hand into the right hand and people are like i'm not getting anywhere or i'm getting screwed you know and so um I think that's going to move people. And, you know, you you can screw with people's stock portfolios because very few people relatively in the country have anything meaningful there. But when you start screwing with their home values, you get everybody's attention. And, um, I don't know if you saw this because it's in Arizona. It came out this morning. So you probably didn't have a chance to see it yet is that, um, 22% 22% year-over-year decline in sales for per square foot in the Phoenix area. Yeah, you know, no. the average new home is down between 9 and 10,000. dollars 147% increase in in the rental mm-hmm. in the rental um vacancies. Yep. So, you're you're seeing basically the uh, re- the collapse of, of real estate part 2. And that gets everybody's attention because a lot of people took home equity lines of credit out to live on. Their credit cards are going up in in interest costs. And then the, the home, which they counted on as basically their piggy bank to retire on, is getting eviscerated again. So I think the political pressure um, that's going to come to bear on this and it's they're going to hang this thing right around Biden's neck because Biden said, I'm going to let the Fed do what they need to do to get rid of inflation. That's great for people who don't own anything. But they can lose their job and people that own homes tend to vote at higher, much higher rates than people who rent their homes. So, so I think it's going to be, it's going to be, um, fascinating to watch, but all these things are going to be putting pressure on the, on the progressive and the progressive Keynesian economic model. And that, that just tails right into the stuff that we love to we love the trade which is hard assets and commodities
0: yeah let's say i mean uh the markets like stability so what are you seeing for stability with the market and how is that affecting what you're doing in the market
1: well i mean it's not it's affected us nothing but positively because you know we we're long energy and even though um
0: with Davecom that's water with save eighty dollars for a short time
1: the price of um, um, the price of oil has gone down into the 80s it's starting to drip back up again energy the the, the the drillers haven't gone down at all in price they they don't believe it the SPR they stopped they stopped it um, last week's the last draw of the SPR that means uh, that that Persistent sell in the oil markets is ending. We're going into winter now, um, which is going to cause some uh, issues on gas prices. So, look, we're long natural gas. We're long energy. We're long uranium. When I mean energy, I'm talking about oil. Uh, we're long uranium. Uranium's breaking out. When you say you're long, what do you mean by that? Uh, we own them, and we keep finding trades for people to get in them and and to buy again and again and again and again. So, um, I sent you a bunch of just from last week, the trades that we've been doing for people. Yep. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just, we're just basically, we're just like, um, you know, a guy, um, you know, and the DJ playing the song over and over again. It's just kind of, we're in that loop now of where the prices aren't going down. You get take profit, it drifts down, you get back in, you buy the dip, and it's just working over and over and over again. So natural gas, uranium, oil, you know, a bunch of shippers are doing well. Um, copper starting to move now. And as of this morning, um, which we're talking on Monday here is that silver pop 5% silver miners are starting to move. And the cot report the report commitment of traders has flipped positive for the third time in 20 years. Last two times were a minimum of 20% move in silver. So we're starting to see a squeeze there. And so, um, that's all I care about. I, I don't care if the rest of the stock market goes to zero. Those are the areas that people are going to make money in. And that's not going to change because people are shipping are shifting out of financial assets into hard assets. They're getting ready for this persistent bid in inflation that's not going to go away, and the Fed can't raise interest rates high enough to kill it. Hmm.
0: Okay. So you're saying certain areas of the market are insulated because of their importance.
1: Yeah, they're just basically insensitive to the financing costs because a lot of this stuff is is mined outside the country and they can give a rat's ass what the Fed's doing. You know, uh when prices keep going up, supplies in, in deficit, prices are gonna go higher. And that's why the Fed is screwed, because um uh they're trying to fight a core inflationary number by raising interest rates and and it's not um it's not working. Hold on a second, my, my dog's whining. I hear that. I thought it I
0: thought it was the American people whining about the suicide mission of the Federal Reserve.
1: They get my, really they get upset when they can't be my office. I had uh, it open. So I just have to let them sit in there with me, see if they settle down. But um but yeah, so that's kinda of where we are and it's just working it's working great. And uh, I don't think anything's gonna I don't think anything's gonna change in in the near future and um I think the stock market, is, is, we just got another big rally here that uh, is, is, it probably topped out again today. And, you know, profits are going down Ooh. with interest rates going up higher. Um, you know, 20% of the, of the stock market in the S&P is negative cash flow. And that means they have to either dilute their shares, which means makes their shares less valuable, or they're gonna to have to refinance and their interest expenses are going up higher, which makes their company less valuable. And if they're cash flow negative, meaning that they're gonna to have to cut employment, which they're starting to do. So we have all these scenarios for 20% of the stock markets in big trouble. And so I think there's um there is a lot, a lot of things on the market side that are very dangerous, but we don't care about that. I think that's a big mistake people make. Uh, people try to trade the stock market. We trade stocks in the stock market, and, and that's where we uh, where we make our money. Okay. Well, that's good news that there's something left.
0: But then tell me why are investors complaining so much they're losing money? It's, is it because they take too general of an approach, or what's the reason?
1: Uh, well, I mean, look, most people that have money in the stock market have, have their money uh, – and You know, I'm not, I'm not being pejorative here, but it's professionally managed money, but they're, those guys are hamstrung. So, uh, after 2008, they had, um, uh, a lot of them got sued for putting people in inappropriate trades. So the industry came up with basically risk assessments and age assessments. And then they've created these, um, these funds that, you know, basically, hey, Bob, you're 55 and you're moderate risk. Okay. This is the, this is the fun blend that you're in and you sign off on it. And every quarter they'll send you a new survey and saying, you're any of these conditions change. And what it's done is it created a very, very what's called passive market. And so the market's passive now. So when you get some of these big stocks start to roll over, uh, you know, people's portfolios start taking a hit because the larger companies become disproportionately more of a impact on the market. And so if you get Apple and Microsoft and Google and Amazon, if they start falling, it takes the whole market down regardless of whether or not uh, they, uh, they deserve it or not, because they're it's the way the calculations work. And so everybody's tied to these indexes and they're, you know they basically are riding on those waves, and the market's down 20 percent from the high. So people are gonna are gonna be down, and we have another leg down coming. You, you, the government is the Fed is taking liquidity away, which means they're taking money away from the casino. At the same time, they're making the cost of the casino uh, minimum bids to go up, and so you're gonna see, start seeing more money leaving the stock market because it has to. And so you just, you start creating these what's called vicious cycles versus the virtuous cycles. They've, they've had a song for the last two years or three years until the beginning of this year. So that's kind of where we are with it. And, and that's why people are struggling. They don't understand it. And, and, uh, and you know, the, their choices are very, very limited. And depending on, you know, your company's 401k plan, you may have very limited options in terms of, of either you have your money in the market or out of the market. so it's kind of a they they took it from one direction to the other direction. and so now um at some point it'll cause a stampede out. My expectation is that we will see from top to bottom a forty seven to fifty percent correction. so Oh, whoa. whoa, yeah, that's pretty- yeah. Well, that's that's normal. It, that's normal. I mean, you should if you're twenty or thirty or forty years old, you shouldn't you should care less, okay? You know, you could tweak your portfolios, but that's what normally happens in, in, in a, in a bear market every decade. You get these kind of pullbacks. And the, but the stock market is, is way overvalued right now. So just pulling back to there, it's still overvalued, but there's a lot of money, you know, inflation money that probably will keep it from going down any further than that. But yeah, so that's been our view the whole time. Um, we're going to probably hang because there's an election cycle here. We'll probably not make new lows going into the election, but 2023, absolutely new lows, without a doubt. So how does that affect what you do in the market with Trade Genius? It doesn't affect us at all. So we, uh, if we get a sell signal on the stuff we own, we get out. And there's stocks you can own to take advantage of when the market turns back into bear mode. And we share those people who trade with us. Give, give me an example of, of how that works. Uh, well, now you're letting me in behind a kimono here. You can buy TLT, <laughs> which is a bond fund. You can buy SARK. Okay. You can buy volatility funds. Okay. So there's a lot of opportunities to, uh, to, uh, uh, short the market without taking on any undue risk. And so we have those all on our watch list. We get buy signals on them. We, we trade them. We traded SARC four or five times already this year. That's the, that's the Kathy Wood fund inversed. So basically, shorting everything that she owns. Somebody else did a, a fund by that. We go into recession, interest rates will fall, so the bond bonds will do well. And so, yeah, so there's three or four places which you can hide out. Even if everything gets liquidated, I'm talking about even even my whole commodity story blows up, I don't care. We go to cash, and then we uh, we short the market. So we short the market with these instruments that everybody can short. There's nothing exotic here, and it's nothing that's going to cause the broker to say you can't do it. These are these are mainstream products, and so that's what we do. And if you want to trade with us, you can. So go to TradeLikeAGenius.com, and uh, we have seven bundles running: stocks, crypto. Crypto's getting a nice pump again this morning. Uh, it goes along with the basically with energy and with oil and and with uh, gold. We trade, uh, day trade the markets and we also, uh, have training. So, um, take advantage of our bundle, 65% off, pre-discount it. And then the, the non-bundle item, you take advantage of it. Um, I think, you know, better than I do. I I didn't even check with the marketing people. So we see it's, uh, Labor Day, 40% off non-bundle. Yeah. yeah. Take advantage by Saturday, but you'll like what we do. Um, You know, Dave could put in the room there. These are the trades I handed to Dave with people's comments. Those were all in the last five days, by the way. Pretty amazing. Um, Yeah.
0: So, you you know, during the years that I've interviewed you on economic issues and we've looked at your business, it almost seems like Trade Genius thrives the more volatile things are, the more money you make.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we like like a moving market. So, um, yeah, so the more volatility, the better. Uh, because it uh, it provides you with profits more quickly. And so the name of the game is to take your profit and remove your risk. And so when you have these big pops or big drops in the market presents opportunities for us. When a market's just slowly grinding, you can make money. That's not even an issue, but it's it's really it just sort of over your head because when it starts grinding, the elevator can show up at any time, so it's a more dangerous market. We like it when it's already moved. And then you know where to go. Okay. A lot of
0: people, uh, just switch to geopolitics for a second, and its effect on the economy. A lot of people feel this war in Ukraine is going to blow up and go much wider. Do you have a sense of this? And if so, how will it affect the market?
1: Yeah, I just can't see it. People get confused. Um, Russia is as big as Texas in terms of GDP, okay, with with a corrupt total corrupt supply chain system and Russia can't go all in on NATO because they have to worry about what China's going to do on the other end okay and and Russia has a soft belly to the south too you know Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan those people look they lived under Soviet domination they have no love lost for the Russians and so um so you know Russia is not in an enviable position whatsoever and and um I I don't I doubt I doubt you know can Russia screw around the Baltics maybe but sure. then they run the risk of NATO um you know retaliation and I don't think they're ready for that I think they see that our weaponry our technology is vastly superior to the Russians and and you know we're basically you ever see a thing where you know you have this little squirt guy trying to fight a big guy and he just has his hand on the guy's head and the guy can't he swing he can't hit him well, the only thing the only thing the Russians have that can really hurt us is uh, is nuclear and I'm not too sure that the Russians are ready to pull that, you know, trick out of the bag. Right. So um, so I don't worry about Russia. I, what I'm more worried about is I think what Russia is doing from a strategic standpoint is the right thing, is that they're just going to bleed Ukraine and try to bleed the West that way. He, You know, he's fighting a war in a different way than Trying to be overt. He knows he he can't go straight up with 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 NATO. NATO's not NATO. NATO's the United States. Okay. And so, you know, you you got Poland and you got Finland that are well armed and very motivated. Okay. And so uh, then you got the United and they got Sweden now. They flip Sweden over. And you got the United States. Look, my nephew is 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 actually deploying to Poland next you know next couple weeks, okay? So they're, they're rotating people, U.S. Tr- troops into Poland. So, you know, we're moving east from Germany and, and we're forward deploying. So, so we have equipment there. We're not leaving our troops exposed there. And so I think the bigger risk is what, what will China do? And I think China's worried now that they, uh, they may have bet on the wrong horse here and, uh, just another geopolitical blunder by Xi. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to
0: China next, but to finish with Russia, you don't think there's a chance they'll escalate the war? Do you think they're trying to bleed us dry of money because we keep throwing $40 billion here, $15 billion there? Is that their strategy?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly their strategy. They could just sit there and just lob cruise missiles, you know, or um, remember, you know, Russia has uh, hypersonics, okay? You can't shoot them down. They may not have a lot of them, but, you know, they can every power plant in Ukraine is basically probably targeted by the Russians at this point. So they could just constantly be screwing with people. All right. And so, um, I think he's going to rope a dope it. He's going to see the, see if the West loses interest. He'll see how the West responds to a very, very cold winter with no gas. Right. And, and look, Janet Yellen has already told everybody this weekend expect higher natural gas prices in the U S
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code
1: Hodges. Why? Because we're shipping all our damn natural gas to Europe. Okay? So it's already costing us money. And and, uh, we're wiping out all our strategic stockpiles. All right? So... Um, And what he's throwing away is he's throwing away 30-, 40-, 50-year-old equipment. All the good stuff sitting next to China. He knows where the real threat is. It's not NATO. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, China, interesting, too. Um, They have the tanks guarding the banks. Their unemployment rate for their young adults is 20%. And there's rumors out there that... uh, China could be facing uh, some form of bankruptcy. What do you know about this?
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. So China has, you know, fractional reserve lending can't go on ad infinitum. So they basically have rehypothecated, which means they leveraged on leverage on leverage on leverage. And now they're in a Bernie Madoff uh, position where people want their cash. They need their cash and there is no cash. It's all been committed, and those commitments have been committed, and those commitments have been committed 10x. So uh, basically, you know, 30% of China's GDP, we've talked about this before, you know, I've never been a fan of China, and uh, 30% of their GDP is is basically vapor. And it's it's getting, um it's, it's going to go away. So whatever China says their GDP is, just take a... Uh, Take thirty percent off of that. And that's more realistic. And then the United States is now turning the screws, and then now they're they're going to be blocking basically next level chip technology to China and Russia. Yeah. Uh, you saw what they they um they did with Nvidia, yada yada yada, yada yada yada. So they're basically going to bleed China. They're going to start blocking China from the world markets, and they're going to try to restrict China from getting their hands on uh, the technology. And so they're going to force the Chinese to make a decision. Do you pivot Russia or do you pivot West? And it all depends on how well um, Xi survives all this stuff. Why is he in trouble? Well, look, you know, China's not a monolith, right? So, you know, the king gets to remain king. If all his princes and dukes make money, they don't care about the people. But now the princes and the dukes aren't making money, and there's there's some that always opposed him, and so now you have a situation where where the um, the mandarins that never supported him in the south, right, are he's trying to lock them down again. You know, that's where all the lockdowns are are all in the areas in which he doesn't control. Well, he controls them nominally because he's you know president for life, blah blah blah. But so I think I think you're getting a. Uh, a situation there where they're, they're, they may be trying to maneuver him out. Look, China in and of itself is not bad or good, right? It's, it's Xi an ultra-nationalist. You know, it's so funny. They talk about fascists, and there's the fascist right there, right? And, um, and the xenophobe. And so uh, in and of itself, we don't care. But, he, you know, he has a position to hurt the United States, so we care. And so, but the, the Mandarins in the South would rather just get rich, Okay. They can care less about Taiwan. They can care less about this or that. They they wanna they wanna sell to the United States. They all wanna get rich. They wanna have their kids go to school here. They wanna have a house here. They wanna go to vacation here, or Australia, or England, or New Zealand, right? They they, they don't want they don't want to constantly have war, right? Or or so I just think that there's gonna be a decision that has to be made in China. It looks the same decision's gonna have to be made in Russia too. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And India will go where they go. So India is sitting on the fence, and and on the Indians are sitting there saying, "Okay, we're buying Russian equipment. And it doesn't seem so hot. <laughs> Maybe I need to take a hard look again at the uh, the U.S. and the British stuff again." You know, and and um, you know, India has to buy this me- me- military equipment from Russia because Russia provides them with the energy that they need. So India is embarking on a massive nuclear um, build-out, helps uranium. Uh, England has made a commitment, they're, they're, they're going to finish their new uh, plans, uranium. Japan, 23 nuclear power plants will be up and running in three years. Okay, 14 and restarted, and they have nine new ones going online here in the next five years. Okay, Sweden, If the hard right gets in. They're opening up uh, a power plant that's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Finland just turned one on, on uh, just crank one open, and and France is refiring up there. So, um, you know, so all these things are are, are moving where people have to make decisions. Look, I think the Progressive Party, the Green Party, the China domination, you know, through politics is is, is you know, so the big losers, I think, in the next two years is basically the Soros Group and China. And that's where the money for all the mischief has been coming from. We pretty much neutralized the Middle East. They, they know that they, 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 they are surviving based on the umbrella that the U.S. provides. And, and um, so they're, they're, you know, they're nominally neutral. So that's kind of where we are. And so, um, yeah, I think China in the next five years. Look, China is, is the most rapidly aging country in the world. I don't know if people know that. They have no social security. So there's a guy named Peter Zane out there, which had an interesting take, which I didn't really think about, but I said makes sense is that, you know, the Chinese never vaccinated their people at all. And, and that's, and they're vaccinated, they're doing vaccination by lockdown. And so, uh, they can't afford to have 10 or 15 million people overtly die of, of basically the virus because they have a very old population. And China mm. reveres their elders, right? So, um, so, yeah, so uh, what a mess they made. That's what happens when you have one person trying to make decisions for the the whole country. You know, you get this kind of stupidity. You know, we have our very own stupidity here, but China's stupidity is on steroids right now.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's turn to domestic for a second because we're probing trouble spots. On, Jan- on, on uh, September 16th, federal mediators uh, have said that they will allow the railroad workers to strike if an agreement's not reached. And right now, of course, agreements get done at the midnight hour, but right now there doesn't appear to be any prospect for settlement. So I went and did some research, Bob, and I found, first of all, 28% of America's goods are moved by train, but 62% of agriculture and food are moved by train. And given all the other stuff going on with our food supply, should we be concerned?
1: Oh, yeah. They're going to have to um uh they're going to have to resolve it. You know, it sounds like the um, you know, obviously they're going to get their pound of flesh, but it sounds like there's some legitimate grievances that um the union's taken advantage of now because uh you know, they have more power and leverage. They there's no way they're going to let uh they there's no way they're going to let them strike long term. Uh, you know, the government can just declare a national emergency and force them to work and then impose a mediation on the uh, railroad companies. So I think whatever's going to happen will be fairly short-lived because, you know, the country would literally starve if the railroads don't run.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And the thing, though, is you have to have a government to give a rat's patootie about the welfare of the people. And I'm just going to be very bold and say this. This administration shows absolutely zero concern for the welfare of its citizens.
1: Yeah, but politically they can't ignore it. So if this was if this was happening in in December and they just won the reelection of the midterms, then you know then then maybe uh, that case could be made more forcefully. But the last thing the Biden administration needs right now is to have uh, basically a, a wipeout of peop stuff in the stores going into the Christmas holiday. And get to get people even more annoyed. And oh, by the way, food shortages because you can't you can't ship the grains, um, you know, across the across the country, and you can't you can't ship the food from California and Florida into the uh, the Northeast. So it'd be one of those things where they would, you know, they'd cut off their nose to spite their face.
0: Yeah, but uh, I think they're stupid enough to do that. And I'm not. Hey,
1: you know what? I'll take a little pain for that. They'll be out of power within a blink.
0: Well, yes, if there was a railroad strike, I agree. If that didn't galvanize people, um, I'll tell you what a lot of people talk about out there, though, that they say that if the Democrats could get away with it, they would let some crisis go to uh, biblical proportions. To where they could declare martial law and not have an election. Now we hear that in past elections it all end up being BS. But do you think there's any chance of that happening with this election?
1: I, I don't. This election is not important enough. You know, these elections are all local, so I would think it would probably be more meaningful to, for anybody to try a new idea it would be in 2024. Huh. Okay, but you know, did, you know, even. Even during the Civil War, I don't think we ever stopped an election, did we? No. So no. yeah, so that would be a that would be a tall drink of water. In
0: fact, uh, Lincoln had to run against McClellan, and that was a real contest. So uh, McClellan was a general he fired yeah. early in the war, and and so his reelection was not guaranteed. Uh, usually, presidents are safe in wartime, but uh, Lincoln might have been the one exception. And I will tell you this: if we do go to a bigger war with Russia. Biden is not safe. His administration is not safe. People aren't going to accept this. Uh, I want to shift back to China real quick here. I think there's some legitimacy in this one. I, I think the elections are going to happen. But I also believe that there's legitimacy, though, in the notion that China is desperate enough. It's going to lash out at its neighbors and do what Japan did prior to World War II which is to seize natural resources that they're in need of to uh, basically keep their economy alive. So that means small regional wars. And then some people expand it, and they say this, that to do that, you have to have the equivalent of Pearl Harbor and knock out the naval interference of the United States. And so that means taking out uh, the base in the Philippines, Diego Garcia, and Guam. Uh, what What do you see in that part of the world as far as military conquest with China?
1: Yeah, they just don't have the reach. So, unless they're going to drop nukes on all those areas, then uh, uh, they can't get to De Garcia. And so, um, and you got to remember now, China, you know, Japan is a floating aircraft carrier, right? And Japan has um, islands right off the coast of Taiwan, okay, that are now heavily, very heavily armed. So, and I think the Chinese are watching right now saying, Hey, you know, most of the crap we copied were from Russian design. <laughs> Stuff doesn't work. And you know, so, um, I think it's going to probably give China pause on that. Now, having said that, the Chinese don't like to use hard power. They're very much into soft power. So they're just going to continue to strangle Africa and take their, uh, take their wealth that way via commerce. <laughs> Sure. So I think China is going to continue to do it that way. Look, you know, I think China, one of the deals they made with Russia is that basically they're, they're going to secure their energy, um, their energy um, security, uh, basically through pipelines through Russia. And, um, you know, but from the food standpoint, they still got to import food and they import food across the Pacific Ocean, basically Argentina, Brazil, United States, Canada. And, and Australia, so and New Zealand, I think they would buy like a third of their sheep or some crazy thing like that. So I think they're more vulnerable on the food side. So um, and China w- runs chronic deficits, and, and for whatever reason, they grow almost enough food, but their their supply chain system is so decrepit and corrupt that they seem to never have enough food. And and this year was a really bad, can be a bad harvest year for them so they're going to be hard hard in the market here. Um uh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised our corrupt government doesn't you know let them off the hook. But um but yeah, so I I doubt I think China, I don't China doesn't gain anything by that. They they could take it without a fight. Uh so I think that's the approach they're going to I think maintain. I don't know where they can How they get remember, they could take out all those bases, but you know, they're not going to touch the American seawolf submarines, okay? (laughs) Yeah, okay. And I don't know if you know this, but you know, you probably do. That was probably rhetorical on my part. But look, Aurora exists, guys, our hypersonic systems exist, okay. So, you know, we can get anywhere in the world in four hours from the United States. Okay. And our hypersonic planes have hypersonic missiles. So I kind of doubt that if they took out every naval asset in the United States has that there would not be a single ship reaching China within 15 hours of that. Okay. We would just, we would just basically take out every container ship that's heading to China. Okay. So. And they know it too. And then our satellite system will just blind China. Okay, you know, we have a spy satellite a spy a spy um sorry, one of my just spinning up there, spinning, 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 spinning up there. And what is God knows what's it doing, right? Probably putting bombs next to every Chinese and Russian satellite up there. And look what we did to the Russians. The Russians can't have a satellite on station. And we, we're sitting there between us and the United Kingdom. We're sitting there staring down at that whole time. So I think I think China and Russia are getting a little bit of an object lesson on maybe how technologically advanced the West is. Okay, and uh, and and it's not it's not going to be an easy thing. And so, uh, you know, that's my viewpoint on it. Uh, I think people like to make China into more than they are. I think I think China is just like Russia. Is that you know you you poke the wall hard enough and you find out it's not drywall but it's but it's basically crepe paper.
0: Yeah, D- do you subscribe to the notion China's boxed in? You mentioned Japan's islands that are heavily fortified; they yeah. can't go after Taiwan. Vietnam would resist with everything they have. That's their national character. Uh, I just yeah, where would they go?
1: Mongolia? Well, <laughs> maybe. No, but look at India. India is creating the second ring too. Remember, India and China do not get along at all. You know, they view each other as competitors. They share, they share a border that's contentious. And, uh, you know, China's trying to take water from valleys that should go to India. So India is, is actively engaged in that. And look at China's ally, Pakistan. Pakistan almost floated into the Indian Ocean last week. A third of their country was underwater. And India, I mean, so Pakistan, and Iran is perpetually, um, at risk, right? All, all Iran has is, is ability to ship oil. And if push came to shove, you know, we would just literally tell every tanker that being moved, moving oil that, uh, you turn around or you're, or we're just going to disable you. And so, so, you know, um, I, China's not in an enviable position. They, they played their best card for as long as they could play with trying to be a strategic competitor against the the west and they basically ran out of cards and so uh and they're in no position who are they can invade they 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 uh, they fought vietnam and lost to vietnam they fought india they lost to india they fought japan lost to japan <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even take taiwan from the taiwanese when they could have so it's uh you know, so you know they don't have necessarily a track record here of of military success when they do adventurism. Yeah, and they have no strategic lift whatsoever. So they 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 they, they can't they can't project power. So okay, so uh,
0: economically, are they in as much trouble as I indicated?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Okay,
0: that's gonna so, that's gonna limit that's gonna and, limit yeah, their right. reach militarily. You know. I, I hear from expats in Chile. Sorry. I think I'm hearing from those expats now. But I'm hearing, yeah. I'm hearing from expats in Chile and Ecuador. They're rejecting the Chinese imposition on their country. Did you know that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same with Argentina, even though that country's... Supposed, so you, you've you heard of them. You know, because we have friends that from Taiwan that live here in our neighborhood, but they... You know, the Chinese kids have already given up. You know, always people always ask you, what's the opposite of love? It's not hate. It's indifference. You can't fight the Chinese Communist Party in China without being killed for your troubles. So what you do is you, um, you go indifferent. And so they had the lie flat movement and then it went to get dead movement to now the get out movement. So people are trying to get out of China like, like nobody's business right now. And so, you know you're going to get a brain drain you know people that are that um are older are retiring 20% of the kids don't have jobs i mean it's a mess over there an absolute mess and now we're squeezing them on the exports so so we'll see where this goes. Not good, though. Yeah, but Not good.
0: Biden still gives them every break in the world from technology stealing uh, to no, no tariffs. I mean, and we're handing them our solar. By the way, I just read this yesterday. We are ceasing production of the F-35 because an important ally in the construction of the jet comes from China.
1: Yeah, they're replacing it. There's a, there's a magnet in the F-35 that was a component sourced in China. So they're not ceasing production. They've ceased operations until they can swap those things out.
0: Okay. Maybe I read yeah. a, bad, a bad reporter because they used the phrase yeah. stopped production. Yeah, that didn't stop
1: production. Well, like, you know, like, you know, yeah. So they stopped production until they can replace the magnet, which is 30 days. You know, they made it sound like they're stopping production forever. but it, But that's what's happening now. Uh. They're they're not anything that's critical in the United States is being swapped out like Huawei and all those other things are. Uh, there's nothing gonna, China's not going to provide us anything that they're, they're going to be able to strategically, um, you know, basically handcuff us. And you know, there's a company out there called MP Materials out of Nevada produces a lot of the um, of the heavy element rare earths that we need. Japan's already figured out how to uh, <clears throat> work their 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 magic on the light. Delight rare earths. Uh, so, you know, and then United States has a lot of rare earths. <clears> that rare earths is an is a, a wrong word to use on the periodic table. It's not necessarily rare. It's just that it's, 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 it's dirty and expensive to extract. And so we just let the Chinese do it until we found out the Chinese were going to use leverage. But Australia, United States, and Canada have plenty of rare earths. OK, what we don't have is the stuff that Russia has. We don't have enough platinum, palladium, strontium, tungsten, vanadium. Russians have all that. And, and so that's why it always made me scratch my head. We should have been we should have been co-opting Russia instead of fighting with Russia. But the no. Democrats could do it because they built a whole they built a whole narrative since 2016 on why they couldn't. And now they're trapped by their own narrative.
0: No, no, I agree with you. You're totally right. Uh, In fact, I was hoping that Putin and Trump would align against some of these international forces that neither one of them liked. And uh, uh, that's why I think we had the Russian collusion delusion, among other reasons. So uh, that's interesting you'd say it that way. Um, With regard um, to to Russia, though, how long can they keep fighting?
1: Yeah, so, you know, my view is that they're not really fighting. So, uh, I think they're consolidating now. And, um, remember their, their reserves mm-hmm. went to East to, to do a, a thing with, uh, with, um, with China. And so those reserves are going to be coming back. And so you might see another offensive. You know, uh, Russian tanks work better when the ground is frozen, if you understand my meaning. And, uh, and so, um, you may see some, some action when, one that's one over, but Russia doesn't have to fight anymore, if you will. They already control the land. They always said they want it, but now they can just harass the Ukrainians. So now that may force, you know, maybe when we talk next month or in a couple of weeks, we, we could talk about what an escalation that I think's going to happen, happen, you know, basically through proxy, but not through a direct confrontation with NATO. Yeah. Is that I think if Russia gets more strategic, you're going to see uh, the U.S. push in more of the anti-missile technology into the Ukraine. They're also going to get – look, they gave them HIMAR, but we also gave them Excalibur, okay? And the Germans now are pushing in their, um, their high-tech artillery, <clears throat> which I think their systems – the French and the German artillery systems I think are a little bit better than ours in terms of range – and man- maneuverability. And I think, you know, the Russians pissed the Germans off enough that the Germans are going to start probably pushing some of those assets in. And the U.S. is going to provide a anti, um, anti-missile, anti-artillery shield. That means you can push these strategic weapons up closer to the battle space. And that means you, you're putting basically Russia borderlands in at risk. And there might be a tay to tay here. You pop Kiev, we're gonna pop some cities in Russia, okay? And that is, I think, is probably more likely is, is maybe a little bit of a, You spank me, I spank you, and and then we'll see where that goes. Yeah, you're exactly right.
0: Well, we just got a little bit of time left, and I wanted to come back to something you said earlier with Trade Genius. Um, With the market volatility and many of the areas of the market shutting down, uh, what should people focus on, and how can they benefit from doing it through you?
1: Yeah, so what we've done is we've created a series of algorithms that we tie into what's called probabilities, that, you know, certain times of the year, certain days of the week, certain d- days of the month, uh, certain things move. And so that we combine that with our algorithms. We also look at Fed Liquidity. And so it gives us a really good picture of the battle space, if you will, that puts us in a position to to get in the right side of the trades. And so we share that with our, our subscribers. And so we give you access to our indicators and our algorithms, we have chat rooms you can communicate with us. You can set alerts for things on your own. And then we give trades out every day. And, um, like I said, and then we have some, some really some cool gee whiz stuff that we, we use to, uh, point us in the right ocean to fish. So we'll give you the right fishing equipment. We'll teach you how to fish. We'll throw you some fish. And we'll make sure you're in the right ocean. And you just go to tradelegategenius.com, take advantage of our specials. I think you'll like what we do. We definitely, if you're listening to this show, you already feel comfortable with the areas that we like to buy things, and and uh, and we are now in the sweet spot of those yeah, things well. to provide you with hard assets. You
0: win two out of three trades. That's self-explanatory. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just your, your rate of return, or my term for it. it, is fantastic too. So I would highly recommend trade like a genius dot com is where you go. You have until Saturday. Coupon code is Labor Day, and you get 40% off the non-bundled items. Pre-discounted bundled items, 65% off. Bob, always very interesting. Thanks for the updates on the economy and geopolitics, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks.
1: All right. I'll be talking to you again from my uh, my bunker in Hawaii when we talk <laughs> at the end of the month. No, I'm jealous. I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.